Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. All right, let's let's look to God's word. In Proverbs 31:30, the Bible says, "Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised." I want to talk to you this morning from a simple title, Happy Mother's Day. Pray with me. God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you, God, for each person who is here today. Lord, I thank you for my mom. I thank you for mothers all around the world, God, that you've used to bring life into this world, God. I pray today as we look to your word that you would be our guide and our teacher in Jesus' name. Amen. Churches all over America are filled today with people celebrating Mother's Day, and I I want to talk to you this morning about something that we all have in common. We come from different ethnic backgrounds. That's by design. God made it that way. God made red, yellow, black, and white because everyone is precious in his sight. And when we started this church 15 years ago, we started with a mandate to be a multiracial and multicultural church. And I thank God that I'm able to look out and see All different types of nationalities, all different types of races and ethnic groups represented here today because we're trying to get a jump start on heaven. The Bible says in heaven, every nation, every tribe, every kindred and tongue will be there worshiping him. And we're doing something that is very uncommon in churches in America. Uh, Dr. King said it in the 60s and it's still true today that the most segregated hour in America is 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. I thank God that at 11.08 on Sunday morning on the west side of Jacksonville, we are not a segregated church. It takes effort. It takes effort. It takes effort from leadership. It takes effort from fellowship. Listen, some of y'all wouldn't come and, well, it's not some of y'all, you're here, but certain people would not come and sit next to someone of a different race in church. They would, they would be so uncomfortable. I love to see first-time visitors come in that are uncomfortable. Well, why? Because I'm just curious. It's just how my mind works. I'm different. But it's so funny because I see them when they walk in the door, especially white people. And they walk in the door, and they're like, and the man is like this, and the woman who had her purse here, she's like this. And hopefully they find a seat and stick around for a moment. Do you realize that if you ever took the time to sit next to somebody, talk to somebody uh, that, that had a different melanin on their skin, if you ever took the time to actually get around someone of a different ethnic group, you would find out that people are people all the same. And everybody is the same on the inside. And I, we, so we come from different backgrounds. We come from, we're all, we're all different shapes and sizes. I tell y'all all the time, everybody can't be six foot two, 220 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. Amen. 
We'll leave that up to your favorite football player. We'll leave that up to whoever you, you want to say. I know y'all are all lusting after Tim Tebow. The man, man not even in football anymore. People lusting after him still. Everybody can't be that guy. Listen, somebody's got to be five nine and a half, cute and cuddly. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And somebody's got to be where you are. So we come in different shapes and we come in different sizes. Most of that is by God's design. It was God's design for me and Jimmy Rich, Deacon Jimmy, to be the same height. But the weight that fluctuates, that's not always God's design. Some of that's just donuts. Amen. But we come in different shapes. We come in different sizes. But one of the things that we all have in common is we all have a mother. We all come from a mom. Everybody that came into this world except Jesus, uh, not except Jesus, except Adam and Eve came through a mother. God ordained it that way. And we need to honor mother. Listen, no matter how far away you get from your mother, you are still your mother's child. And you always will be. And, and we celebrate moms this day. I'm, I'm blessed on Mother's Day to know that my mom is saved. If you have a mother who is not yet saved, you need to be praying for her every day. You need to be interceding on her behalf that God would reveal himself to her in such a way that she would open up her heart and receive the Lord because you ought to want your mother to be in heaven with you. Amen? The, the reverse of that is more typical, though. Typically, it's mothers praying for their children to get into heaven. Can any lady say amen to that? So we've all got mothers in common. In God's eternal plan, he chose us to bring people into the world by a woman. And the Bible tells us that we are to honor our mothers and our fathers. I want you to understand, if you don't get anything else this morning, get this. Mothers are important. Mothers are important. If, if you're not realizing that yet, maybe because you're young and, and doing your thing and you're not really concentrating on the, the issues that really matter the most, I hope one day you'll realize how important your mother is. I can remember being a teenager. I can remember being a, a hellish, re, rebel, rebellion-filled, crazy-out-of-my-mind, unsaved teenager and mistreating my mother, disrespecting my mother. I can remember fights that uh, I had with my mother. I can remember my mother swinging a baseball bat at me and a golf club at me. Listen, when you're a single mom with an off-the-chain young man living in your house, you just pick up what you got to pick up. Amen, moms? And I can, I can remember my mom weeping and, and telling me one time, just move out. Leave my house. I can't deal with you anymore. Please just go. You don't sleep here half the week anyway. Just leave. And in my rebellion and in my unsaved hatefulness, I told her I ain't going anywhere. And you can't put me out because I can wash my clothes for free here. And that was my mindset. And that was where I was. But my mother never threw me away. She never forced me out. She loved me in spite of me. And when I got saved, I, I began to realize how awesome my mother was. And I began to honor her and pray for her and, and love her the way a child ought to love a mom. So everybody doesn't always start right. 
But if you don't start right, I pray to God you'll finish right. And let your mother know how much you love her. I believe that the Bible teaches as Christians we should be shaping the world that we live in, not being shaped by it. Too many people that call themselves Christians are being shaped by the world when the Bible tells us not to be conformed by that. We need to be conformed by God. We need to be shaping everything around us. The Word tells us as Christians that we ought to go out into the world and take dominion. We're not here just to be responders and reactors. We're here to be overcomers and people that are taking dominion. We're here to run stuff. And we need to begin to impact our society and our culture with a mindset that teaches young people to respect their mother. The Bible teaches how important it is to respect your mother. It, it may not be cool for kids to respect their parents, but honoring your mother and your father is one of the Ten Commandments. There's hundreds, I, there's hundreds and thousands of commandments in the Bible. I see that book every time I go to the bookstore. The 613 commandments in the Bible. That, that's wrong. Don't, don't believe that. There, there's way more commandments in the Bible than 613. I've counted beyond 613. But when we talk about the commandments, we typically go to that passage and look at the Ten Commandments and Honoring your mother and father is one of the Ten Commandments, but it's different from the rest because it's the only one with a promise attached to it. The promise attached to that commandment is reiterated in the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 6. And I want you to hear this this morning. In verse 1, the Bible says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Look at what the word says, children, comma, always pause on the punctuation. If you want to understand what you're reading, you need to pause on the punctuation, digest what the word is saying, try to get something from the Bible when you read it. Don't just read it so you can say, I read it. Children, comma, who is this verse of scripture talking to? Let's take a guess. What's the first word say? All right, children, how old are you when you stop being a child of your mother? Never. Never. I've heard parents make the mistake of saying, Long, uh, until you turn 18, you're going to do what I tell you to do. Listen, my children already know. They ain't going to be till you turn 18. Uh, as long as you're drawing breath, you're going to be my child, and you're going to do what I tell you to do. Let's be that kind of parent. Amen? Amen. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. Come. If you call yourself saved, if you believe you have any God in you at all, you need to understand this commandment is to you and to us obey your parents it doesn't put a time frame on it it doesn't say as long as you live under their roof it doesn't say as until you turn 18 it says obey your parents because you belong to the Lord why because this is the right thing to do if you want to do something right in God's eyes here's an easy place to start obey your parents these rebellious children in this world today, 
I wish you'd give them to me for about 15 minutes. Sign a waiver and just let it be what it's going to be. Sign one of those medical waivers. They want to give me another back surgery. I'm moving slow today. Sometimes my back is worse than others. But when I had my back surgery, they made me sign a waiver that says if we kill you, it's, it's a wash. If, if we paralyze you, it just is what it is. And so I promise you, you got a wayward teenager? I'm your man. Y'all want, y'all want to see how y'all will end up? Right there. Don't move. Don't fidget. Don't talk. It. Listen, children need to obey their parents. Sometimes, sometimes, even children that have been raised in a home where discipline was put forth at the forefront, sometimes every now and then a child will act contrary. There's a solution for that. The Bible says, if you love them, you will discipline them. The Bible also says that you can't just discipline with words because words don't always get it done. There is no timeout room in my home. There's no corner to sit in in my home. There is a lay across my bed and take this belt if you're acting crazy in my home. That's not popular. I understand. I just, you actually spank your children? The Bible says that it, you should not spare the rod, and if you don't spank your children, they're going to grow up to be rebellious. My, my kids were talking to me yesterday. They're always on my hip. We, we eat out every night. We, we're together all the time, and I don't know how the subject of uh, ADD, ADHD, whatever they're calling it now. Oh, we, we saw a dude. <laughs> Jacob saw a dude sitting next to us, driving next to us on, on a busy road, playing with a, a fidget spinner. They've made a toy for people who can't drive, and, and they need something to fidget with while, while, while they should be paying attention. And so he started saying, you know, well, well Dad, people with ADD need, need something like that. And then he wondered if maybe him or his brother didn't have ADD at some point growing up, and I just beat it out of them. We'll never know. We'll never know. Because there ain't going to be no ADHD in my house. <laughs> there ain't going to be no screaming and hollering, running around, breaking stuff in my house. I don't care what kind of dis- disease you got. You better learn to sit down and shut up. <laughs> Obey your parents. Kids don't want to hear that. But the Bible says it's the right thing to do. Say it's the right thing. I've been telling y'all for a long time, if you just listen to Spike, you'll get further in life. I don't take my philosophy from rappers. I don't take my philosophy from unsaved people. I don't take my philosophy from songs, fairy tales, or TV shows. But sometimes people say some good stuff, and Spike told the truth. He said, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Kids, you need to do the right thing. According to this verse, the right thing is to honor and obey your parents. Verse 2 says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. So this is different. This is special. This is unique. This this commandment in the Bible stands out, and it shows in verse 2 that it stands out by saying this is the first commandment with a promise. Verse 3 says, if you honor your father and mother, 
things will go well for you, and you will live a long life on the earth. I can remember when I first got saved, and I started reading all these promises about a long life. And I'm thinking, long life? I'm ready to go to heaven now. You know, I, that, that, you know, listen to too much James Dean philosophy. I was out in the world. I just believed that uh, I was going to live fast, die young, and leave a good-looking body. I'm past all that now. I, I, I outlived that theory. And now as a card-carrying AARP member, get your discount. Hey, I'll tell you what, Outback will give you a discount. But the Bible says it's not just a long life because a long life can be hard. A long life can be difficult. A long life, sometimes you might feel like you've outlived your usefulness, that your body is not cooperating, whatever the case may be. But it doesn't just say a long life. It says things will go well for you, and you'll have a long, a long life where things are going well for you. You want to live a life uh, where things go well for you? You want to live a life where God blesses you? you got to honor your mother and father. It, it, it's the kind of life that God wants us to have. I believe that there is an issue in our community, in our country, that is a direct result of not paying attention to these verses. The issue is teenage suicide. I don't know if, you, if you've been impacted by that. I don't know if you have ever had to face that. But we have an astronomical rate of teenagers committing suicide. Listen, I, I tell you like I tell my children, you have not lived long enough to be bitter. You have not lived long enough to even consider suicide. Your best days are in front of you, children. Your best days are ahead of you. Don't you ever even consider taking your own life. God has a better plan for you than that. But you have to honor your mother and father. I believe teenage suicide is uh, directly related to kids not honoring their mother and father. Why? Because when they don't honor their mother and father, they don't get what the promise is. And the promise is a long life. And we need to obey the word of God because I don't want to keep hearing about young people trying or attempting to try to take their life. I don't want to hear about young people sitting in their bedroom depressed, taking knives and razor blades to themselves and cutting themselves. I don't want to keep hearing about teenagers who are so depressed and upset with the life that they have that they have become dysfunctional without medication. Listen to me, young people. Life is better than that. Smile when you get up in the morning. Talk to God. Be a change agent in this world. Don't let this world beat you down. Don't let this world dominate you. You get your mind right. You get your head together and understand, I'm just young right now, but I'm going to live a long, good life, and people are going to know that I love the Lord in my life. We got to honor our mother and father so we can have a good, long life. I said mothers are significant in God's kingdom. I've been in a lot of different churches, preached in a lot of different churches, been on staff in several different churches churches and I've seen churches that downplay the role of women in ministry I've seen churches that believe women are just 
only usefulness is to be in the nursery or in the kitchen. And, and that, I don't believe, is a biblical concept because the Bible says in the last days your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And we believe in women in ministry at Abundant Life. So, Mom, step up. Step up. You want to do some ministry? You got a gift? You got a calling on your life? Talk to me. I tell you all all the time, I believe as a senior pastor in this church that one of my jobs is to identify the gifts in the body and provide a platform for them to use their gift. Just as we had Brother Chris come and sing this morning, that's what God has graced him to do. That's a ministry that God has given him to do. He, he hasn't been here that long. He hasn't been here as long as some of you, and he's already stepping up and letting God use him because I, I, I gave him a platform. If you want to do something in ministry, God has gifted, anointed, and called you, I'll give you a platform. We all need to be using what God has given us. I believe that's why every Christian should be in church. I, I see these Christians that don't go to church anymore. They call themselves Christians and don't go to church. Let, let me clarify something for you. You might get to heaven not going to church, but you can't be a Christian not going to church. You say, well, Pastor, I know Christians that don't go to church. No, you don't, because the word Christian means to imitate Christ, to live a life like Christ, to follow the teachings and the lifestyle of Jesus. And it doesn't take more than a cursory look to find out Jesus went to church all the time. Jesus was always in church. So to be a Christian, to live like Christ, you got to go to church. I'll tell you another thing, Jesus always honored his mother. Jesus is a great example for us in how to love and honor your mother. And we're going to talk about that some this morning. I believe that God could have chosen any way to bring Jesus into the world. If it was me, if I was doing it, I would not have brought Jesus into the world as a baby. Too vulnerable. I would not have brought Jesus into the world to be birthed in a cave in a feeding trough too lowly. I would have not brought Jesus into the world and, and let two parents parent him that, that weren't me. I just wouldn't have done it God's way, but the Bible says God's ways are higher than my ways. God knew what he was doing. I'd have brought him in full grown. I'd have brought him in full grown and dominating. I'd have brought him in full grown and swole. I Listen, I'm going to tell you again, stop believing these horrible pictures of Jesus that they put on posters and on, on paintings and, and, and on TV. Jesus was not obviously blonde-haired and blue-eyed. That's impossible. Stop believing in a white Jesus. He don't exist. You say, Pastor, you believe in a black Jesus? I don't believe in a black Jesus either. I, I don't see anything in the Bible that says Jesus had an afro and, and with a fist on, on his pick. I, I don't believe any of that because he was Jewish, he was born in the Middle East. Some of y'all been, I know, how many people been in the Middle East? All right, Deacon West, they're, 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 they're darker skinned than me, ain't they? They're lighter skinned than you, though, ain't they? See what I'm saying? That is the truth about Middle Eastern people. Uh, look, look, wave, wave your hand, Nixon. You look like every Middle Eastern person. You're just Puerto Rican as you could be. But you're just as, as, as cute brown shaded as you can be, too. That Deacon West wife, I ain't bothering nobody. Y'all stop. <laughs> Jesus is not what they portray him 
on that picture. He's not some, the, some skinny, scrawny, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus. And the cross was not so easy on him that one little trickle of blood came down from his brow. The Bible says that they beat him beyond recognition, that he was stripped naked, and all his guts hung out so far below his crotch. His, all his guts were hung out because they ripped him wide open with a cat of nine tails when they beat him all night long. And the Bible says you couldn't even tell if he was male or female when he hung on that cross. Don't believe these sissified pictures of Jesus hanging on the cross. He wasn't no skinny, scrawny dude. Jesus was a carpenter. Jesus, listen, a carpenter back then, even now today, listen, find a working man. Find a man who ever worked with bricks in his life and try to shake his hand. Find a man who ever twisted a wrench and shake his hand. Listen, in those days, they didn't have wrenches to twist. So carpenters were the swole dude on the planet. They Listen, you want to build a table? Jesus, you want to get somebody to build a table for them? He couldn't just call Home Depot and say, uh, yeah, I'm going to need 22 uh, two-by-fours. I'm going to need a, a sheet of one-by-four. Let me get. They, you, they didn't deliver from Home Depot or Lowe's back in Jesus' day. You know what he had to do by hand? Cut down a tree. He had to figure out how to cut down a tree, haul it back to where his shop was, and no, it wasn't no skinny Jesus. Swole like that. Big, strong man. Uh, a, a man people wanted to look at and admire. But you, you know what Jesus did? God brought him into the earth as a baby born of a woman. The first thing I want you to realize this morning, Jesus had a mom, and he loved her. I thank God for people who openly love their mother. I, it, it, it helps me when I'm able to say that I am a full-fledged, self-confessed mama's boy. Anybody else? Get your hand up, Deacon Jim. Don't lie to me. Uh, I know you're mama's boy. There's nothing wrong with that. Why? Because Jesus was a mama's boy. Jesus loved his mother and his father. That's not to say you love your mom more than you love your dad. That's just to say you know how to love your mom. And you need to know how to love your mom. If you want to be a Christian, you need to be like Jesus. You need to recognize that God gave you the mother you have. I know some kids, listen, this, this is hateful. This is horrible, but it's real. I know some kids that actually wish they had a different mother, actually wish they were born into a different family. I tell my kids all, all the time, anytime where they see something that is overly wealthy or overly uh, riddled in poverty, I tell them the same thing. You didn't do anything to be born into my family, and they didn't do anything to be born into that family. God gave you the parents that you have, and you need to love them, accept them, embrace them, honor them, and be grateful for them. Jesus had a mother, and he loved her. Think, think about this. I am confident in this. It doesn't say it in the Scripture. And one great theologian said, where the Bible is silent, good men would do, be wise to do the same. You shouldn't speculate on Scripture. You shouldn't try to use your imagination on Scripture. But there are some things that are obvious based on the text. It doesn't say this specifically, but because of the text, I feel certain that the first set of eyes Jesus saw were his mother's. Jesus came into the earth out of a woman named Mary. God picked her to be his mother. And I want you to know God picked your mother to be your mother. 
not only were his first person he saw, first person he, he put his eyes on were his mom, I, I believe just based on human nature that his first steps were taken in the presence of his mother. His first words were spoken in the presence of his mother. And I believe before he died, the last set of eyes he looked at were his mother. You see, Jesus was close to his mom forever. Jesus always had his mother's best interest in mind. Jesus was always concerned with taking care of his mother. And as a Christian, that's your job. Jesus modeled that. He's our great example. Don't, please, please, please do not shove mom into a home. Am I right, Sergeant Major? Do not take mom into your home. Love your mother. She changed your diapers when you were a baby. And if she's got diapers now, you need to change them for her. Now you say, Pastor, you don't believe? There are some needs for nursing home. There are some needs for assisted living facility. There, there, there are some moms that would be better off suited uh, in, in the care of something like that. But don't shove mom out. And if you have a mother that by, by reason of health has to live in an assisted living facility, I pray to God you go see her. I pray to God you don't just leave her up there. I did a lot of nursing home ministry as a young preacher. I actually had a ministry before I started this church. I had a nonprofit organization that I founded called Mission Jacksonville. And every Monday, I went to the Heartland Healthcare on Normandy Boulevard, and I sat with five different people. I took one hour each. I went to the director of Heartland, and I asked her. I told her what I want to do. She's like, oh, that would be great. Any, anytime we can get somebody to come and sit with our, our people, that is awesome. And I asked her, do you have any people here that don't get a lot of visits from anybody? She's like, I got people that never get a visitor from anybody. I said, I want five of them. Give me five of them. And I would sit for an hour with one, then an hour with the other one. And I ended up forming a relationship with these people. And they told me out of their own mind, they all had children living right here in Jacksonville. And they didn't get visitors year after year. Their kids didn't come see them. One lady, she was so sweet. Uh, Miss Willie Mae was so sweet. She was 90-plus years old. She was in church, saved. She loved the Lord. Her husband had been a deacon and died before her. And she had such a sweet spirit about her. When I met her, she told me the only thing in my life that I regret is I've lost my eyesight and I can't read the Bible anymore. That's a deep woman right there. So I would sit, and I would read the Bible to Miss Willie Mae, and she would just cry out of her eyes, and I would cry with her. And she told me when I asked her about her kids and not, not getting visits, she said, oh, Scott, they're busy. They have lives. I, I, they don't have time to come see an old woman like me. I want, let me tell you something. If you are in this church and you have a mother in an assisted living facility in this city, and you don't go see her for a whole year, I'm going to ask you to leave this church and don't represent abundant life anymore. That is not what we're about. That is not what we believe in. We believe in whole life ministry. 
We believe in whole man ministry. You got to feed the hungry and you got to clothe the naked. That's why on Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock, you see people at 9 o'clock, you see people starting to line up and wrap around these buildings because we're giving away food and clothing. We're doing what the Bible called us to do. And we believe that ministry is from birth to the end. And we got to take care of babies who are just born and parents who are on their way out. It was heartbreaking for me to hear her talk about how wonderful her children and her grandchildren were. And she loved to tell stories because you know grandmama's proud of her babies. You know mama is proud of her baby. Her babies were in their 60s and 70s now and don't have time to come see her. I pray to God that you have time for your mother. God brought Jesus into this earth from a mother first set of eyes he saw, I believe, were his mother. The last set of eyes was surely his mother. Listen to what the Scripture says in John 19, 25. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother. Come. <laughs> they put a comma there because they want you to pause. Do you get that? They put a comma there because you're supposed to reflect on what was just said. Standing near the cross was Jesus' mama. Do you get that? We talk a lot about how to understand the Bible, scriptural principles that will help you understand the Bible. The big term for that is hermeneutics, the art and science of properly interpreting scripture. And one of the things, the keys that I've taught you that makes scripture easier to understand is the law of priority listing. And I, the quickest way I can give it to you, because we still follow the law of priority listing on our food. If you look at the back of a bag of jelly beans, guess what the first ingredient list is going to be? Because that's the dominant ingredient. When the Bible mentions the 12 disciples, the first four are always the first four, and the last four are always the last four. Why? Because the first four are more prominent than the last four. The most prominent thing is listed first on most list and guess who was listed first being at the cross standing there with Jesus his mother there were some other people there his mother's sister Mary and Mary Magdalene these are people that had followed Jesus his entire ministry these are people that had a great love for our Savior verse 26 says when Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved that's John he said to her Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to his disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. This was, in that culture, a legal proceeding that he just did while dying on the cross. You could make legal binding procedure in that culture just by saying something formally that is recognized by others. Jesus is dying he has none of his disciples there except John. All the men that swore they would follow him to the end were not at the cross. The only disciple of the 12 who was at the cross was John. Why was John there? Because he loved Jesus more than the rest of them. He was the closest person human humanly speaking, ever to Jesus. When you read the Gospels, it's easy to figure that out. It's easy to understand why God would use this one man to write five books in the Bible. He was so close to Jesus. The Scripture says at the Last Supper, he was the one leaning on the Lord. He was always beside Jesus. So John was the man that stayed close, but the women always stayed closer. 
That's why they're mentioned before John. There's a, there's a priority to this list. And these women, they were involved in the Lord's life. And the last thing formally that Jesus did on the cross was make sure his mother was taken care of. He formally made a binding legal proceeding, and he looked down, and he saw his mom, and he said, Mom, from now on, that's your son. John, from now on, that's your mother. He made sure that somebody was going to take care of his mom. Why? Because real Christians love their mother. Jesus loved his mother, and he made sure that his mother was going to be taken care of. Imagine that. Beaten, stripped naked, bowels hanging out, gasping for air. The cross is a horrible way to die. Now, you don't bleed to death. You choke to death. You can't get your lungs to expand because you're hanging down, and you got to pull down and push up to try to expand your lungs. As he's doing that, as his lungs are filling up with fluid, choking him out to death, he still cared enough about his mother to take care of her. I don't have time for children who disrespect their mother when they ain't dying on a cross. I don't have time for children who don't know how to honor their mother and father just because life's hard on them. I already told you, send them to me for 10 minutes. They'll be glad to come back to you. <laughs> I don't work in the nursery. Why? Soft parents. I don't work with small children. Why? Soft parents. Oh, Pastor, we thought you just weren't anointed for it. We thought you just didn't have a gift. Oh, I got all that. I just can't deal with soft parents. When we were building out the big building on Blanding with a 1,000-seat sanctuary and an and a, and a 800-seat sanctuary for children's church, when we were building that out from nothing, we gutted that place down to the concrete with no walls in it, built that whole 40,000 square feet by ourselves with our hands without help from outside people. I had We were up there every night. It was so cool. Men and women would get off their job, drive straight to church and pick up a hammer. Men and women get off their job, drive straight to the church, pick up a shovel, pick up whatever we needed, sand, sanding walls, putting up walls. And we have food up there. Somebody bring a pot of chili, pick up a pizza or something, and people would work till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, go home, get a couple hours sleep, hit their job, and then come back and do it all over again. Isn't that, isn't that the way it happened, Dick and Jimmy? That, that's just the way it happened. But some people would bring their children up there because there was no one to watch them. And we would try to sit, put them off to the side, assign somebody to watch them because, you know, we had that little tractor driving around in there, didn't want kids to get hurt, and one night they were just all off the chain and kept coming out of where they were supposed to be. Uh, and, and the person working with them was, pro was probably Amber. I don't know who it was, but somebody was working with them, and I told them, let, let, me, let me take over for about three minutes. And I rounded all those children up, and I set them on a wall just like that. I said, sit down. And they tried to resist me. I said, sit down on the wall. You can't say sit Indian style anymore because this culture is too weak on offending folk. You got to say sit crisscross applesauce. <laughs> sit there with your legs crossed. Don't say a word. You sit there and you be respectful and you don't move. Your mother is up here trying to build the Lord's church don't move on that wall. If you get up, I'm going to take 
pulled out my back pocket this roll of duct tape. And I am going to tape you shut to that wall. So you can sit there like a human being or you can get taped there and we all laugh at you. Kids crying. Mom, come back. Why you, Pastor, what'd you do? My baby's crying. Your baby's sitting on that wall. Shut up, though, ain't he? Give him to me for five minutes. I got the cure. We have got to learn how to honor our parents. Kids, listen. Do what you're told. Do what you're told. Parents, be a parent. All these parents trying to be friends. With, with their child, all these parents trying to be best. Listen, if you are grown and your best friend is your child, mom, you need a new set of friends. Your job is to parent them. Sure, they can be your friend. Sure, you, you got to love them. But first and foremost, your job is to parent them and get them grown healthy. From the manger to the cross, Jesus' mother was by his side. I believe from a human standpoint, there's no greater capacity to show love than from a mother's heart. Mothers, you know this. You know the amount of love you have for your children. You know how many chances you're willing to give your kids. You know how many times you're willing to take them back. See, we don't, we don't really possess that. Go ahead and cross us too many times. We'll put you out. Am I right, Cedric? There's a limit to that. Go ahead and act crazy two times. One time, I'm going to let it go. Two times, get out in the street. I ain't got no time for that. I, 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 will put, I will put them. I put Seth out one night. It was dark outside. We were living on the lake. Big old huge backyard. He tried me. I was stunned. I thought, you this big trying me. I thought I'd throw you from here to the street. So I put him out. I said, you ain't going to talk like that living in my house. Get out. He said, what do you mean? I said, get out. Go right out that back door and sleep in that backyard with the mosquitoes. He, he said, okay. I said, all right, well, just understand this, smarty. At night, alligators come out of that lake and look for something small to eat. And the sharks and the bears come out at night, crawl up on the grass and look at the sharks, crawl up on the grass and look for something small to eat. He started crying. I didn't want to go out. I said, get out. You don't live in my house talking to me like that. Get out. He didn't want to get out. I grabbed him by his shirt, drug him to the door, and said, there you go. Get out. Pitch black dark. And in that lake, frogs were always making noise on Lake Asbury, just all kind of just this lake noise, nighttime noise. And, I, and snakes in the yard noise. And he's just bawling. He's just crying. His little brother, this back before they got competitive and were at each other, his little brother just started crying, Dad, you're not going to leave him out there. I said, say one more word. You go out there with him. So I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. Kids need to learn how to respect their parents. Kids need to learn how to do what they are told. Jesus loved his mother and always honored her. I just, I just really believe that mom has a greater love than any type of human thing we can understand on this planet. 
I, I, I thank God for you. I thank God my mother could have put me out, disowned me, cut me out altogether, and she didn't because real deep love that never gives up comes from a mother's heart. Listen, listen child, if you're so whack that you're, you're on your last pill with mom, if you're so whack that, that you're, you're about to get cut off by mom, you really crossed the line too many times. You need to get yourself together and be a real Christian. Jesus loved his mom. I love my mom. My mom has a saying that she says, send me my flowers while I'm living. I have the unfortunate responsibility to go to a lot of funerals, preach a lot of funerals. I don't like funerals. I don't like hospitals. I, I hate hospice because my, my wife died at 36 years old in hospice and had a funeral. And it always, it always pains me to ha have to go through that. And it's like ripping a scab off an old wound. Uh, but, but I go and I see people, they send flowers. And the thing, because of my, what my mom has always told me, kicks in my mind. I wonder if they sent flowers to her while she was alive. They, came, they come to, we call it pay respect. They come to pay their respect to their mother. She's laying in a box and can't see you. She's not even there anymore. That's just the shell. You got to understand, we, we are spirit beings. We are spirit beings housed inside an earthly body. When, when we pass, when you close your eyes in this life, you open your eyes up in another life, in eternity, either in heaven or in hell. But people come, they say they pay their respect to, to mom who has passed. Listen, pay your respect to her while she's living. Give her flowers while she's living. Love her while she's living because one day she won't be here. I believe Christians are supposed to live like Christ. Jesus loved his mom and took care of her his whole life. We got to do the same thing. The reality is if we had time this morning to go around the room, we'd find some people, one, two, three, maybe more people in the room who are in a fight with mom. They're not talking to mom. Or we'd find a mother who has a child that doesn't talk to them anymore. I want to tell you something. If you've got that going on in your life, drop your pride and call your mother. Drop your pride and fix what's wrong. With you. you only have one mother. That's all you're ever going to have. I've seen kids move out of their house and go move in with their friend's parents and act like their friend's parents are, are their parents now. It doesn't work like that. God gave you one mother, and that's the only mother you're ever going to have, and I want you to honor them. I know today's a difficult day for women who have lost children, women who want kids but never have had them. And I want to tell you something, ladies. If you are in that boat, God gives you an, an excellent opportunity in the church. It's one of the things I love about the church. See, my wife, the doctor said she was barren. She wasn't going to have kids. We tried to have kids for a long time, didn't have. Finally, two of them came along, one when I was 38 and the other when I was 40. <laughs> I, I'm going to be the, the granddad at the grad. Well, everybody's going to think, oh, that's cute. His grandfather came. See him graduate. No, I'm the dad. And so I, if, if you haven't had children or you can't have children, I watch that. I watch my wife have to deal with that and go sit in Mother's Day and all the moms be honored. And she'd be a woman who, who was there that felt like she couldn't be honored. Today, I, I want you to realize we honor all women because God created women. And you got mothering in you. You have mothering in you. 
And I love, there's one of the things I love about the church. You can come to this church and you can be a spiritual mother to these children. You can be a spiritual mother to some of these younger women. The Bible says that the older women ought to teach the younger women. And you have that opportunity in church. Let me get through with this. The second thing I want you to know is you can't be right with God and wrong with your mom. You, you, you can try to pretend that you're saved, sanctified, fire baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. You can try to pretend like you're a real Christian. But if you're wrong with mom, you're missing the whole thing. You got to obey God's word to be a real Christian. Exodus 20, 12 says, honor your father and mother. Then you'll live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. You, you see, that's almost the exact same way they said it in Ephesians. Why would they repeat it? Let me tell you something. When God the Father repeats himself, He's trying to make sure you hear him. If your dad tells you, take out the trash, and then three minutes later he says, take out the trash, it's time to listen now. He, he already repeated. The parents don't want to repeat themselves too many times on the same thing, am I right? God is repeating himself, and he's saying that you got to do this. You got to honor your father and mother, 1 John 3, 22 says, and we will receive whatever we request because we obey him and do the things that please him. We've already seen one of the things that pleases God is to honor your mother and your father. This, this is how you're going to receive what people walking around, fooling themselves, listening to bad theology on TV, standing up saying, I declare and I decree nothing but prosperity. Yeah, you say that till your tongue falls out. If you ain't honoring your mother and father, you're getting, I declare and I decree a new house and a new car. I declare a job. I declare a vacation. You declare anything you want to declare. If you're not honoring God's word, you're not going to get what you're requesting. This is the Bible. We receive what we request because we obey what God tells us to do and because we do the things that please him. Listen, young people, love your mom, treat her right carried you inside her body she put her life on the line for you she put her own body at risk to have you and to bring you into this life and you ought to treat your mother like a queen you ought to honor her i i hear people all the time talking about kings and queens but but treating each other like garbage listen that that there's, there's no reality to that you want to call somebody a queen treat her like a queen and you need to treat your mother like a queen. My, my wife died from cancer 10 years ago. And, and, and my children don't have a mother today to honor. My children in this room right now without a mother to, to give flowers to, without a mother to tell happy Mother's Day to. And some of y'all are alive and you won't honor. Some of y'all's mothers are alive and you won't honor her. You're not even thankful for her. You don't think about what she's done for you. And I want to tell you today, love your mom. It's going to come a day when she ain't here. If your mother lived past 36, you got us beat. But are you loving her? When, when, when she's gone, it's too late. You got to love her. Now, this is what the Bible teaches. I see this generation, and, and, and it, just, it just makes my head spin. 
people get up and talk about the talk about their mother and every rapper, gangbanger, every every pot smoking, drugged out athlete. They they want to get on TV, put a camera in their face, and they want to thank thank the man upstairs who they don't know. Every single one come up there, gangster rappers. First and foremost, I want to give it up to the big man upstairs. You don't talk to God like that. Stop calling God the big man upstairs. Stop making up terms for, for, for our heavenly father. He is the Lord, our God. He's not to be re referred to in no slick, slimy way, especially by folk that don't know him and don't live nothing for him. Then they want to talk about how, how much they, they give thanks for their mom. Actually, I hear a lot of people say, I, I want to give thanks to my moms. There's, there's, there's no S on that word. I want to give thanks to my mom. Mom, your mother is singular. There's, that, that's who you're giving thanks to. And, uh, but listen, they're going to talk about how much they love moms. Uh, how much did they love her when she was telling them to go to bed on time? How much did they love her when she was telling them, stop hanging out with them foolish children round the way? How much did they love her when she was telling them, get in that book and do your homework, stay in school, and make good grace? They wasn't loving mom at that point. But we need a cultural shift. We need to change the world that we live in. That's why we're here as Christians. we got to get out of our community and change stuff. And one of the things we need to change is how people treat their mother. Children, you hear your friends bashing, trash-talking, talking ignorant about their parents. You need to let them know. I love my parents. My parents aren't perfect. Your parents may be jacked up crazy, just wigged out of their mind. But that's who God gave you, and you better love them while you got them. Last thing I want you to see this morning, it's not about what you have on the outside that matters. It's what you got on the inside. Ladies, listen, real beauty is on the inside. Now, men, especially some of you younger dudes, y'all haven't not realized that yet. You're still looking for smoking hot and sexy. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what happens to smoking hot and sexy with a bad attitude. She be smoking so hot and sexy and neck wagging and telling you what to do. Smoking hot and sexy turns into old and saggy real quick. But that attitude don't go away. So be careful, young dude, who you think you're looking for, because I can tell you for sure. That what matters most is not how she makes you feel in the bedroom. What matters most is how she makes you feel in the living room. Because I don't care how wild you say you want to be. It's only so many hours in the day. And you're going to be sitting on the couch more than, than, than you're going to be singing Wild Thing in Funky Cold Medina. I promise you that. You're going you're to be sitting on the couch talking to her while she cooks. You're going to be riding in the car. You got to be able to get along with her. And what you need to understand what getting along with her is based on what she is on the inside. Don't you chase no good-looking woman who's nasty. Because one day she's just going to be an ugly woman who's still nasty. Time don't stop for anybody. Man, I see some of y'all. I, I, I almost fainted the other day. 
when I found out Cedric Dixon was older than me, and he looks as good as he looks. There's no wrinkle on him. But listen, hey, it's coming for you too, big dog. Age is coming. Trust it. I'm 53 years old. I've never worn a pair of glasses in my life. I look at all these young people wearing glasses. I'm like, just prosperous over here, just healthy by God's design. It's coming, though. I told my sister, I, I, I got a little blurry. It's getting a little blurry. But I can still read it, so I ain't got no glasses in my house. It's coming for every. Listen, I'm going to tell you something else that don't stop for nobody. That furniture disease don't stop for nobody. Some of you young dudes. Big swole chest. Let me tell you, that furniture disease is coming for you. What am I talking about? That, that, that big old chest, that furniture disease. One day, your, your, your chest is going to drop down to your drawers. You're going to have a chest of drawers. And dudes, you're looking at Miss, Miss Crazy Stack, sexy hot. The furniture disease coming for her, too. Time doesn't wait on anybody. Hey, give me some fat, ugly chick that, that is loyal and faithful and ain't going to put me through no drama and ain't going to twist me up and steal all my money and leave me. I ain't, I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. Beauty, real beauty, is on the inside. That's what God says. Our society puts so much pressure on women to look like the girl on the cover of the magazine. I want to tell you something. The girl on the cover of the magazine don't look like the girl on the cover of the magazine. It's all fake. It's all phony. I'm going to get you out of here in just a few minutes, but I want you to see this video. I want you to see how dog ugly women are that are on these magazines. I, I guarantee you we got better looking women in this room right now than there are women on the poster. Any man didn't believe your woman better looking, you better say amen right now. Clap your hands, throw, throw some money or something. You better say my woman is better looking than that freak they got on that billboard. You say, I don't know, Pastor. Them girls be pretty fine. Sisters looking pretty good on that cover. Let's just see what they look like. Come on, Deacon Keon, play that for me. Watch this. I want you to see what she really looks like without all the fakery going on. There she is. Bad skin pimples. Eyebrows all jacked up. Oh, they're going to work on her. Changing her complexion, changing her hair. Now we got a different woman, but she ain't good enough yet, so let's computer enhance her. Nick gotta come up. We gotta fix these eyebrows. Now we put her on the billboard. That don't look nothing like that little white girl with bad acne on her face that they started with. Let me tell you what, Alfred, if they took your wife and, 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 and put her on pro-styling, high-level, high, high just gave her hair personnel, makeup personnel, then computer play with her, she'd look better than that woman on that billboard. Can you say amen, son? You better. She'll put you out. Hallelujah. Don't mess around. 
The women on the billboard don't even look like the women on the billboard. So stop letting society tell you that you don't look good enough, lady. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am who I am. And own that thing. Own it. Own it. I I can remember being young and, and, and single, and people used to say, Scott, it's ridiculous, man. How do you end up with all these gorgeous women? And I'm like, come on, y'all, <laughs> you know, because I own me, because I, I, I can't be anything different than I am. I, I can't be taller. I can't be better looking. I, I think I'm doing all right. I, I can't change anything about me. So you know what I decided from a young age? I'm owning this. I'm owning this with all confidence in the world, and I want you to own what God has given you. Stop, stop, stop playing into, listen, the devil wants to make you think you're not good enough. The world has gone crazy. White girls laying out, going in sun tanning booths that promise to wreck their skin and give them cancer, trying to get browner. Dark skinned sisters putting on fade cream, trying to get lighter. Listen, be happy with who you are. Be beautiful on the inside. That will shine through. And if your man can't see your inward beauty, I want to tell you something. He's not looking hard enough, and he probably don't deserve you. Proverbs 31, 30 says, charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last. I know that's real. I mean, I believe all the verses in the Bible, but I double believe this one. I just double believe this one. That beauty don't last. And I, I show you some pictures of people in this room right now. You, you'd say, that ain't him. That can't be her. Charm is deceptive. It'll fool you. But beauty don't last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. There is more value in a woman who loves God than there is in anything else. This is the word of the Lord. Verse 31 says, reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Two sentences, one verse, two things to do. First thing, the Bible says, reward her for all she's done. That's your job. That is your job. You need to reward her. She gave you children. They might be a little off, but you need to reward her and thank her for the children that she gave you. She ever cooked you a meal? Or did anything else, I and mean, it's not kids in here. I'm going to leave it alone. If, you, if she's ever done anything that made you smile, you need to reward her. This is your job. But the Scripture says there's, there's, there's something that she does. It goes over to her. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. If we were to drag every woman, if we started with Stacy right here and worked our way all the way through every woman in the room, pulled her up on the stage and said, okay, we're going to see what type of praise we can give you for your deeds. What, what do you think we'd end up with? Uh, okay, well, we, we look at your faithfulness. We look at good stuff, and, and, and that will praise you. We, we drag some other women up here, and uh, it might not be so praiseworthy. It's our job. It's our job to reward women for everything that they've done, but it's their job to build up deeds that can publicly declare her praise, not by her looks, but by what the things that she has done. Women, let me say this to you. Be beautiful on the inside. We're not going to give flowers to every woman in the room today. There's no prize for the mother with the most kids. I came up in a church where they used to give 
uh, a prize to all different categories of women, who, the oldest mother in the room. And, you know, I, I used to think, Miss Phyllis going to get that award again? She got it last year. She ain't got no younger. What are y'all doing? She, how, how's anybody going to catch her? She's 137. She, she was, she, nobody's going to just jump, jump past her. I mean, that woman that came in second last year, she's still coming in second. And then they would have a, have a prize for the woman, or, uh, flowers for the woman with the most kids. Ain't nobody about to outrun Miss Ruth. Nine children. She got a baseball team. Ain't nobody about to outrun her. I think y'all marching these same people up here every year. We know Miss Ruth got a bunch of children. You know, and they come on Mother's Day and crowd around her so they can see her get her flowers. This is what broke it, though. This is, this is what stopped that church from all that honoring. Because they, they used to call up the youngest mother. The youngest mother we have in our church, I, I think, is Tabby. Uh, how old is she? 21 years old. Just, just had a baby. I, I, I think she's the youngest mother in our church. I could be wrong. I, I've been wrong before. That's okay. But when they called for the youngest mother to come up and she was 13 years old, Everybody said, they shouldn't have did that. I mean, we love her. But marching her up in front of church and giving her flowers for having a baby at 13, that, 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 that's not God's order. Listen, though, if you've had a baby at 13, you love that baby, you take care of that baby, and you let your mother help you raise that child because you're not fully ready to do all that by yourself. So we're not going to go through all that today, but I want to end the service today. People are like, Thank God. I, 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 I want to end the service by asking, listen, typically we ask the mothers to stand on, on this day, but I want to honor all women. And if you'd be willing today just to stand in your seat where you are and allow our church to, to pray for you, I want, I want to say a quick prayer on you. So, ladies, if you'd be willing to allow me and the church to pray for you, we want to honor you just by your standing presence. Amen. Amen. I appreciate you for doing that. Come on, let's give God praise. For these wonderful women. Hallelujah. And here's what I want you to do. As I pray, loud, you pray in your head. And I want you to be praying for God to bless these women. I want you to be agreeing with my prayer that these women are put here on this earth for a purpose. And God has designed this. So let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you for loving us. God, I thank you for each woman in this room today. God, you chose to bring us into this world through women, and we see worth, and we see value, and we see beauty in our presence today. And God, I ask that you'd bless these ladies. I ask that you would pour your love and your grace out on them, favor them, God, honor them. God, I pray that you would strengthen them for all the things that they have to do, and I pray that you would allow them to do deeds that would be praiseworthy. God, I pray that you would allow them to serve you and honor you all the days of their life. God, I pray that you would steady their minds as they go through difficult times. Give them your wisdom, God. Give them your guidance by your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray you'd fill each lady in the room today with the Holy Ghost, God, and let them know your grace and your goodness. I pray that you'd allow them to focus on how good you are when life is crashing down on them and they see trouble. I pray that you'd reveal yourself so that they could see that you are bigger than their trouble, God. I pray that you would bless them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. God, I pray that you would guide them every step of their journey. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.